God desires us. God desires you. God desires each and every one of us. And in Hosea 6, God speaks of the things that distract us from him. For your love vanishes like the morning mist. So fickle is the human condition. But God is saying, I want you to know me. I want you to show love, not just to offer sacrifices. I want you to know me. I can't resist asking that question of you this afternoon. How do you know God? Because as we celebrate today, we are beginning, or we're having a greater understanding of how Dan knows God and how he is expressing that today. But knowing, knowing God, he wants us to respond. How many of us here are Jonas? How many of us have had that experience of God wanting us to do something and we've run off on the other direction? God called Jonah to go and speak to the people of Nineveh. Instead, he takes himself off to Joppa, buys a ticket for Spain, sails off into the distance and avoids God. I'm getting a few nods here that maybe a few of us have been in that position. So I was curious when Dan chose the scriptures and it tapped into my experience a few experiences when God's tapping me on the shoulder and then in some sense I go off to my jopper buy my ticket to my Spain and sail off into the distance. Jonah went in the opposite direction and how did he do that? Well he leapt onto a vessel and then when he had set sail he went down into the heart of the boat and fell fast asleep. He slept while God wanted him to be somewhere else. But then he was found by the sailors. And not only was he found by the sailors, he was found out. Now I met a few of you before the service started and I met some of the little people here on the front. And I'm just wondering, if you don't want to do something, do you run off and hide? It's a few nods. Yeah, it's, it's within us. Right from the very beginning of our lives, that's what we want to do. It's what the human condition does. But they were also, he was also found out because the sailors who'd helped Jonah felt quite betrayed and became fearful. So fearful that as they tipped Jonah into the sea, they prayed that God would take responsibility for his welfare. They weren't going to be responsible for it, but neither could they keep Jonah on board. But it's amazing that in the process of Jonah's disobedience in not going to Nineveh, the sailors are converted. It's clear that before deliverance, before we have that exchange with God and we're delivered, there might be some guilt, there might be some shame. 
And Jonah blamed himself for the storm, for, for what was going on in the storm, and the threat to the ship and the threat to the sailors. Do you know, sometimes our actions and non-actions puts others in danger. And other times our actions draw people to the love of God. And I would say today, as we celebrate with Dan, we're being drawn to the love of God. But the process is not an easy process. And Jonah went through agony and weeping. But joy comes in the morning. Agony and weeping lingers for the night and joy comes in the morning. Though morning or not, I'm not sure how joyful it would be waking up in the belly of a giant fish. And Jonah called out from the belly of this fish as he came to the end of himself. And when we wander away from God, God calls us back and recommissions us. For Jonah, after three days, Jonah is spat out of this fish. And Jonah's mission, which was God's mission, gets accomplished, despite his human feelings and worries and anxieties and concerns. What can we know in terms of God for ourselves? How is your knowing God going? I've got an idea about Dan's knowing God is really being manifest today as he makes his vow to him. Jonah called out to God and reflected on his endeavours and in knowing God, in and through these experiences, says to God this, I will do what I have promised. In another translation, I will fulfil all my vows. And today, Dan is doing just that. But you know, the deepest and most basic all human questions is, who am I? It is our question for identity that becomes more urgent as we go on through life. Our work, position and relationships give us roles in life. But you know, we are more than the roles we adopt and do not constitute our whole identity. As we live out our lives, our life becomes characterised by a different kind of journey that is less orientated by our outside influences and more about our inner direction toward the true self. We have likely defined ourselves in terms of what we do, what we have, who we are in relationship with and what others think of us. We behave as though we cannot do without these external things in our lives and then something happens to awaken us on a journey of self-discovery, which is what happened to Jonah. Our roles change unless we learn to separate what we do from who we are. We will remain on the threshold of transformation. We may remain in the hold of a ship, and probably not just for three days, but for many years of our lives, if we deny that inner relationship with God. And so today, Dan is crossing that threshold of mystery of self into an authentic spirituality. 
If we take time out to contemplate our position, which I know Dan has done on different retreats over the years, and we allow ourselves to pay attention to life in the present moment, to have a sense of being, to focus on what, desire, what God desires, and to intuit what is taking place in the context of our lives and our purpose, then we have that great sense of deep fulfillment in God. I am who I am. You are who you are. Dan is who he is. But that place of I am provides a lens to look through, not looking on what I am not what I do. I am not what I have. And to have more doesn't mean to be more. Thankfully, I'm not my body. I only live in it, and one day it will be cast aside. I'm not my age or appearance. I'm not someone's partner. And codependency is endemic in our society, where people define themselves as husband or wife or partner, son or daughter or whatever. We are more than those roles. Living my life through someone else, I lose connection with my own centre, the core of my being. I'm not what others think of me. And so it is that Dan has found this freedom, this real freedom to say, I am Dan, and I am going to make my vow to God in a deep and meaningful relationship to become one with him. He will demonstrate his complete surrender to God. He has the freedom in God to do that. In a moment, Bishop Peter will ask Dan what he seeks. And he seeks to be even more at one with God than ever before. Jesus asked, Did you not, do you not know I must be about my father's affairs? That is the characteristic of his life with the Father God. I and the Father are one. And we may be wondering, well, what is God like? Well, one of the key parables is about the kingdom of God is like the wedding feast. And God is portrayed as the king. And the king is keen for as many places as possible to be filled at that wedding feast. He sends out his servants and says, there's plenty of room. Bring the blind, bring, bring the deaf, bring the lame, bring them all in. God is calling all people. God is a God of overflowing goodness. And Dan's life is very much connected with being alongside people with particular need. And he has a tremendous sense of, of justice. And so it won't be just about today, it'll be about drawing people to God through his life. You know, Jesus at the end of his life, knowing everything had been put into his hands, what does he do? He takes a towel and he washes the feet of the disciples. 
In other Gospels, he takes a piece of bread and breaks it, and he says, this is me given for you. This is the nature of God. This is freedom, that my being is that that others should live. Do this in my memory, which does not mean simply to repeat a ritual, but be this so that we see our lives as something to be given that others may live. When God calls us and we recognize the call on our life, our constant danger is to try to push God aside. How are we to answer this challenge? To know God more in different ways. God says, I want you to know me. In our humanness, we can pray to God that our real identity is in God. And today, Dan takes that public step to make that vow of oneness with God in a beautiful relationship. Amen. Reverend Father in God, as Dean in the Network for the Single Consecrated Life, I am pleased to present Daniel for you to receive his vow of consecrated celibacy within the Church of England. As Daniel comes to make his vow, can I invite you please to stand? Daniel, in this important day, I ask you this question, what do you seek? I seek to make a vow of celibacy and to continue to consecrate my life to God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Are you resolved to live to the end of your days in a state of celibacy and in the service of God and his church? I am. Are you resolved to accept solemn consecration in the single life following the example of our Lord Jesus Christ the Son of God, who in love gave his life for the salvation of the world. I am. We join in these words. Thanks be to God. And so, brothers and sisters, let us pray to God, the Almighty Father, through his Son, Jesus Christ, that he will pour out the Holy Spirit on Daniel, his servant, whom he has called to be consecrated in his service. Please sit for our prayers. Heavenly Father, we hold before you Daniel as he takes his solemn vow to the single life for the rest of his life. We give thanks that you have called him to serve you and your people through this particular commitment. And we ask that this day and always, you bless him in his calling with an abundant outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Grant Daniel, we pray, strength and courage 
day by day as he lives out his vow. Make him an instrument of your peace in all his encounters, with those entrusted to him at work, with his neighbors, and with his friends. May he know your guiding presence, especially when times are testing, and may his desire to serve you faithfully bring joy to his heart and deep contentment as the years go by. We pray for the Single Consecrated Life Network, whose members have taken the same vow as Daniel. We ask that each member be blessed and that the fellowship of the network will bring succor to each member and in particular to Daniel as over time he seeks fully to understand and to fulfill his vocation. Daniel is a member of the Third Order of St. Francis, a religious order of men and women who desire to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and for whom the keynotes of life are humility, love, and joy. Each day, members of the order pray, and we share this prayer with them now. They pray, O oh God, we give you thanks for the third order of the Society of St. Francis. Grant, we pray, that being knit together in community and prayer, your servants may glorify your holy name after the example of St. Francis and win others to your love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And finally, we remember two churches where Daniel worships regularly this church of St. Swithin's and Bath Abbey. Bless, we pray, the people of God who gather in those places. Inspire, we pray, the life and ministry of both churches. May Daniel continue to be nourished by each of these Christian communities and may he, in turn, enrich their witness by his prayerful and holy service. We offer these prayers to you, 